Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's bonus episode of I Cast Fireball, which we call Meat and Geek. My name's Jacob, a.k.a. Landstaven. Who will be your host for these special episodes where we dive into the geekdom of each of our cast and how we have come to play this game that, that we all love? Today's cast member in the spotlight is... Me? Question mark? <laughs> yes, Jacob normally is the host for these bonus episodes, but uh, me, Thomas, the DM, will be jumping in so that we can also give our interviewer an interview themselves and get to uh, get to know him a little bit what got him into this world of D&D as well as just any fandom or geekdom as well so Jacob how are you doing today I'm doing well I'm doing well just 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 pleasantly here with you in your great wine red robe <laughs> on the video yep. call it's that so... I want all of our <sighs> listeners to know about <laughs> Maybe we'll take a picture of it and we'll post it on our Instagram as a... Uh, maybe it'll be a DM tip or something. Always wear a wine red robe when prepping for your next session. <laughs> the, the blood of your former players stains this robe. <laughs> That's right. Well, Jacob, things have been going um, pretty... Have been a little intense in the last few episodes that have been released for the yes. story. I mean, we just dropped episode 15 and lance thalen just had i mean spoilers for episode 15 if you haven't listened to it yet just for the next few minutes here but lance thalen just navigated a very tricky conversation with the orc camp yes i mean lance thalen is that was huge yeah he's definitely as i stated in the episode he's definitely way in over his head or that's what he feels like at least and he is like on pins and needles that this all will come crashing down in a moment's notice because he is not used to being the front man and he feels like that's just kind of the role he's had to take on and he is not liking it but I mean right you can't really do much or else you're gonna get killed I kind of wish when we were recording that episode, we had been recording our faces because seeing the journey that your face took (laughs) when uh, the orcs were responding in certain ways. Oh, my gosh. And you can hear it kind of in in, in the episode as well. Like, uh, well, with that information, (laughs) I quickly... And you, like, pivoted five times in what you were going to do in that Mm -hmm. conversation. And it was was so enjoyable to re-listen to that (laughs) and re-experience that face journey a second time. A hundred percent. It was the plan that went into that orc camp was not the plan that came out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Where it was like, hey, we should probably sow some dissent to, all right, so let's burn down the camp. All right, 24 hours, bonfire. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man, what a wonderful... We'll have to see how that ends up yeah. in either this next episode or a uh, future episode. And uh, I'm real excited for you listeners to be, to join us to see what happens as a result of all that. Without, without giving away too much, there are plenty twists and turns to come. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely true. It'll definitely be something you don't want to miss, yeah. in my opinion. For sure. Well, now that we're kind of caught up, we've catched up about Lance Thalen or the excitement of the most recent episode. Let's get into a little bit about you, Jacob. Let's talk about you, got you into D&D, and, you know, 
I think we're going to start with the question that everybody was asked. How did you get into D&D? <laughs> what a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. Good question to start with. Yeah. Um, well, I think the answer I will give is actually, this is the first question that everyone's been asked. And I think everyone but you has given the same answer. You, Thomas, got me into D&D. <laughs> You got me into the whole uh, role-playing, tabletop, uh, RPG kind of atmosphere. It was in college. Uh, I remember you coming up to to me and my wife, Kelly, and saying, Hey, uh, so there's this thing called, like, Pathfinder. If you ever heard of Dungeons & Dragons, it's kind of like that. And uh, it's, like, a really fun game where you're just collaborating and you're working together. And uh, let's do something on Saturday. And we were like, Ooh, I don't know and we eventually uh chagrinly agreed and we showed up on saturday and we had rough characters i was a barbarian the first time around because i was like i don't want something complicated i just want to start hitting stuff and yep it was surprisingly really amazing and it was walking out of that first session and it was a Pathfinder session. It wasn't full Dungeons and Dragons. It was Pathfinder, that version of, right. of it all. Pathfinder's still an amazing tabletop system, yes. especially the oh, second yeah. edition yeah. that they came out with. I'd highly recommend checking it out. It has its own crazy mechanics that are that are just adding to the intricacies of what you could do. And I remember walking out and I was I was almost I was almost disappointed in myself for liking it that much. <laughs> <laughs> because I I had heard I had heard of Dungeons and Dragons growing up, like barely heard of it. I had the first time I ever interacted with anything related to it was the the famous oh, I forgot the comedy troupe's name. Probably someone can automatically name it, but they released a, an audio comedy bit about Dungeons and Dragons being Satan's game and like this nerdy meetup where they're like, I attack the darkness and Obviously, oh, some, I know the YouTube yes, video you're talking some about. Some people yeah. probably will yeah. catch on to that immediately and be like, "Oh, that's something like Dead Ale, something like that." If you're a Wizard of Light, why did you have to attack the darkness? <laughs> and it was it was just this nerdy little comedy bit, and I was like, "Haha, that's funny." Yeah, D and D's geeky. And then fast forward, you know, to college, and I'm walking out, be like, "Ah, oh, crap, I'm one of those guys." <laughs> <laughs> and and it just kind of picked up from there. We. Uh, played a couple more sessions with y'all before Kelly and I had graduated and then we we moved on and I was actually though the first to start out 5e Dungeons and Dragons and kind of tried to rope you into it being like hey it's a really cool system uh, simplified from Pathfinder but yet has its own unique features and and that's kind of where we caught the train from there. Absolutely I I, I... I remember that first game fondly because it was my first time being a dungeon master as well, actually, in that session. Like, I had played as a player, um, but with you, um, a couple friends, uh, and my wife, uh, we even had our other friend, John, um, who was there. And Shout out to John Ryman. John Ryman! Yeah, and, and me and John had played before. But I remember the very first, like, session was so intriguing, and I... I, I because uh, so so what happened like and I won't go too into this but it was just so interesting like how first players react because I was describing you walking through a forest on a road you all were buddies and then you see a town ahead 
and the gate was open and there were guards in the front and the three new people you your wife and my wife instantly were like all right attack mode here we go (laughs) it's time time for us to go and so like somebody stealthed into the trees others were getting their weapons out somebody was drawing their bow out and was aiming at the guards and me and john were looking at each other with panic in our eyes like uh if you want to declare war on this town i suppose that's an option and so but it's just interesting because they're you know you don't know you don't know you're like oh i just literally I can act like a human instead of just immediately murdering these people that I'm finding on the road. But uh, I just remember that that situation fondly uh, of like, oh, wow, this is, could turn very quickly, very fast. Um, thankfully, uh, it worked out because we're still playing years after that uh, first game here. Yeah, it's 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 still carrying on and it still brings surprises and fun and just that, that's what I love about it. That's what I love about Dungeons and Dragons. It just brings something new almost every session where you never considered this angle before, this way of doing it, this way of playing this scenario. And you can play the same. I mean, people out there who have done it, who have played the same campaign multiple times, oftentimes it doesn't go the same way. It will. It can do a whole 180 where you had like a long, intricate battle that turns into like the next time you play it, it might become like a best friend, buddy, buddy sitcom situation. Like, it's just crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> My platinum dragon in me. Yeah. My platinum dragon in me. <laughs> uh, so let's build on that. So you've had, um, you played fifth edition before myself as I was still playing Pathfinder. Um, but you have played for years, just like me. And what's like a one of the moments that really stick out to you, uh, one of your best memories, and it could be from this podcast as well, but like, what's one of your best memories of playing Dungeons and Dragons and, and why was it such a good or memorable experience? Well, there's, there's a lot of fun, fun memories that are attached to it. Um, oh, best memory. I gotta think about that for a second. Um, oh, okay. This is, this is when I officially knew that this was a game I could play for a long time. It was it was the first campaign that I did with 5e, and I was a half-orc ranger, and we were uh, just doing, like, the basic intro... Uh, I forget it. It's basically the starter... Oh, the starter set. Yeah, the starter set campaign. Yeah. But but the person who was DMing it, uh, who was dungeon mastering it, controlling it, had actually, like, expanded the story somewhat. So it was cool, adding, like, elements that weren't in the original kind of thing, kind of creating his little offshoot homebrew from it. And we had gotten into this this kind of fortress thing that was full of this enemy, and we had found enemies before we got there, and we put on their cloaks and stuff. And so we were trying to blend in and try not. And I remember I remember it was because there was it was a bunch of orcs who were part like orc mercenary, half orc and a lot of goblins as part of this little fortress. And and a couple of humans. And what would happen is my character could speak orc and goblin. And what happened is we we had like killed somebody in a hallway and all of a sudden like turning the corner was like a patrol. And we had we were like basically like dragging this body along and then they like turn the corner and see us dragging the body and we totally were like 
gonna bluff it. And we just totally were like, we found this guy, there's intruders, man, we don't know what's going on. And they're like, oh my gosh, we gotta help. And we rolled really well on persuasion or deception. And so they're like, we gotta help you. And we're like, yeah, I know. And like, <laughs> like help us with this. And I was like playing off like, cause I had a human with me who was in disguise and I was like, this human, he's he's not, it's his first time on guard duty, you know humans, and the goblins were like, Haha, we know humans, stupid. And it was like this whole all of a sudden like we were like buddies with this patrol and we brought them into this area that had a trap that we saw before and we triggered the trap and it fell on them and killed them all. And the noise of that trap brought in more guards and we did the same thing where we we're like <laughs> oh my gosh, these idiots were chasing these intruders and they caught the trap and we rolled again successfully. <laughs> and it was like, oh and we did the whole like, ah, oh, you know, humans, those idiots. And they're like, yeah, we know humans. <laughs> and it was just so golden. It was such a comedic, funny moment of just such a out of the box way of trying to get through this situation. And I was just dying and I was loving every moment of it. So that was that was a pretty good memory when I knew this is not only fun in strategy, but it's fun in just making crap up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And just rolling with it. Oh gosh. Oh, you know that reminds me, and it it, uh, it hints at certain elements of um, that that I've played in uh, video games as well, to where you like you just do something crazy. And then in a video game, like you're able, you like you've maxed out your deception or whatever. So even though, or like Skyrim's a great example, you max out your stealth and you can walk literally, you just have to crouch literally right in front of somebody and then you can steal everything in sight. Uh, and that just has such high Skyrim vibes there. And you know, you said that I got you into RPGs, but that's not entirely true because I might've gotten you into tabletop RPGs, but you had some other interests or some hobbies growing up and some experience with that, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I grew up with I grew up with a couple of things that probably helped influence my love of of Dungeons and Dragons and our, our current campaign. I would say the first time I ever got into fantasy was I mean, it, it's it's the gold standard in my mind. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, the movies mm -hmm. specifically, because I had never heard of, I mean, I had heard of some, obviously there's fantasies out there and little kid books that are, you know, fantasies and stuff, but, but not like deep fantasy of like just the mythology almost aspect to it. And I remember, I remember I have a distinct memory of going to the movie theaters and I wasn't even seeing Lord of the Rings that day. I can't even remember the movie I was seeing that day, but I sat down. And the trailer, it was the first trailer for the first Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And it shows them like crossing the mountains and you get the epic music. Dun, 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 dun. And no more for copyright reasons. But, uh, and they're crossing the mountains and I'm seeing like these short people and this tall, lanky wizard dude and this elfin dwarf. And I thought as soon as the trailer ended, I thought that's gonna be the stupidest movie ever. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought that looked like the stupidest, geekiest movie. And then I went to see it because I think my, like a year later when it came out, my brother wanted to go see it and we went to see it. And I, I think, I think it was, 
it wasn't the same moment. It was a similar moment, but not exactly similar to the first time I played Pathfinder with you, where I came out of it being like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I wasn't I wasn't disappointed with myself then, <laughs> but I was just yeah. as- <laughs> I was just astounded by just how epically intricate that kind of story could be. And I just started grabbing onto anything and everything that could. Specifically with, and this leads to maybe another interest I had, was with video games. I love, I mean, there's a lot of video games out there and there's so many good different uh, genres and things, but I loved the games that were kind of fantasy story-based that had, I wasn't too much into the, I mean, every kid played Halo and, you know, liked to play with his friends, but I really gravitated toward the story games. And especially the story games that offered choice and offered different ways that the story could play out. The ones that I'm thinking are uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, 1 and 2. Yeah. With literally D&D, I mean, in, yeah, in the Star Wars universe. In the Star Wars universe. Uh, Baldur's Gate, uh, Neverwinter Nights. Um, later on, going into such things as Dragon Age, Mass Effect, obviously. I love those kind of stories. I love them so Fable. much. Well, Fable, yep, Fable's another one. I love the ability to take a story in so many different directions, to do so many different things with a character, and to almost like you create this this world for yourself that can be so unique and original. And I just loved it. I loved doing that stuff. And I think that's why, and I should have realized it, because, I mean, all that comes from the D&D mechanics, all that comes from the original tabletop mechanics of it all. They just put it into a computer or video game format, but yet for some reason, oh, the, the dice and paper, that's just, that's just too much for me. And then <laughs> I, I should have, I should have wised up a little bit to that. But those, those, I would say those two things, getting into the fantasy world with Lord of the Rings and then also just my love of story mode in video games and being able to not story mode, just story-based video games that have intricate choices to them and intricate ways that you can craft your own character to be unique. I just love, and I, I, and that's what that's what Dungeons and Dragons is. It helps you create your own story, and and and, and, and it's unique every time. One more thing also that that adds to it, which uh, Ned has brought up too, is improv because. I did improv in college with with you and in in our kind of comic troupe, our improv troupe, and and that just lends so much to Dungeons and Dragons too, especially the way you can tell a story and making it up on the spot. And it, I mean, there are those out there, and it's and it's perfectly great. Who, I mean, because Dungeons and Dragons provide you such a rich story already that you can just go with right, that and have right. fun with it and just literally play the quest given to you and not have to do necessarily a lot of backstory or a lot of different like uh, you, you can play more of the game versus more of the story but with improv yeah. as a background it, oh go ahead yeah yeah, yeah I was just going to say yeah Dungeons and Dragons it, it allows um, a lot for people to just like if if, if you feel intimidated and to like tell a story or to create a rich background that's definitely not the only way to play like you can just be like very um i i wouldn't i wouldn't call them static but you could be characters that just are um that just follow the story and still have a perfectly enjoyable time and and just react to the situation in front of you instead of feeling like you have to have all this history um and and absolutely as you pointed out that's a 
definitely viable way to play a campaign as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I love that idea of it because sometimes it's just, you know, you want to get to the main story. There's a lot of fun side things, but you want to get to the main story. But at the same time, to with with an improv back, background, to see where the story takes you and to go along with it and to yes and it is, is just such an adventure in itself. So that, 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 that's another kind of bleed in to how I came to like D&D because it can be a very improv focused activity that, I mean, I, I think that's all, I think that's kind of what, I, I mean, this is me speaking for myself, but I bet it could apply to Ned and you as well, that this is kind of giving us our improv kicks without joining a full troop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's uh, almost, almost like a fix, if you will. <laughs> uh, exactly. No, absolutely. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can explore here, and and the thing that I really like about because um, I've mentioned I also love those RPG video games, but also these tabletop uh, games as well. Is is it allows you to be your own type of a hero, you know? And ultimately, uh, when I when I think of the uh, the thing that draws me to fantasy so much is the hero's ability to overcome pretty much any obstacle. I mean, whether that's through magical means, through just their sheer grit, you know, or, I mean, and it's one another reason why I mentioned previous in another episode, I'm such a huge fan of Brandon Sanderson as well, as be, and he does generally fantasy, is because there's the hero's tale that is told um, is very inspiring and very, like, uh, heartwarming. And I feel like in D&D, you, you get your chance to tell your own hero story as well. And... You know, I feel like for the majority of the uh, population, a lot of people like to tell their or to to listen or tell their own type of a hero story in in whatever capacity that is. So, well, and that that heroes that heroes also don't have to be perfect. That that is something that I found in that is so fun in D anD D because literally on your character sheet you have flaws. And I think that's so fun yeah. to play into that. Like like Lance Thalen, I, I could totally get if if audience members are frustrated sometimes being like, Lance is such a hypocrite. And you're 100% right. <laughs> he is a hypocrite. He tells, uh, in, a, in a previous episode, uh, he tells Malamara to stop sneaking off and let the group know. And what does he do immediately? He sneaks off and tries to do something and, and he, it kind of comes, it kind of, he lands on his face doing it, basically. He, and... Right. And that's what's so great about this story is you can see even – and this is leading in more of the story side of things. And again, I, I favor that, but I'm totally I'm, – I totally understand those who are like, you know, who want to stick to the game itself. But I like to blend in some of, some of the story you can bring to it because you can see a character and their, their progression – that Lance is very selfish and he's very hypocritical, but he starts to learn and he starts to care a little bit and he starts to realize I there's things I got to change. And I think that's happening for all characters. Fleeple is kind of questioning part, not questioning his faith, but questioning the application of his faith possibly. When before it's like, oh, burn everybody to the ground who doesn't think, you know, or who like at all is involved with Tiamat and then and kobolds themselves and it's like well let's think about that and then Malamara with you know just being like the we have to attack we have to be you know just the obvious choice is the one you always go with when it's like well let's think about this let's take a step back which is Lance's favorite thing to do but all of us have different character flaws that 
add to the story and add to how people, how can these way different individuals get along? And it's so fun. Right. It's so fun. Absolutely. And I mean, in, in, in order to, uh, to have an arc of redemption or to go on this hero's quest, you know, I feel like there has to be obstacles that are overcome. And, you know, although they are situational obstacles, but some, some of the most satisfying for me in literature and in story are the obstacles that they have, they've had to overcome within themselves, you know, through their flaws or through their ideals and things like that. And so, uh, absolutely. It's just another layer onto that storytelling aspect. Um, let's go into that. If, uh, sort of our last question, the remaining time that we've got, you mentioned yourself, Jacob, Lance Thalen has a lot of flaws and is fairly hypocritical. Taking your own words there, not inserting them. <laughs> so, you, you took those words, though, and you ran with them. <laughs> <laughs> but to build on that and that idea of, like, why why this type of a character? Why, why create Lance Thalen uh, to be the way that he is? Oh, man. Lance was fun to create and he's still being created. I mean, that's the beauty of, of this story, but, um, I wanted to create, I mean, not, I don't want to give too much away background. Cause obviously that lends into possibly what's going to happen later on with our story. But I wanted to create a character that had major flaws. That wasn't the typical, the typical D and D kind of character. The one where, a opportunity happens like for instance the first battle that happens Lance hid the whole time like and I thought that was just such an interesting choice to throw in there and I I know I didn't want to do it every time because that obviously puts the other players it can put the other players at a major disadvantage if it's like a crucial battle which obviously it, there, there's a balance that needs to happen between oh interesting character choice and well but you know support your party and right uh, <laughs> But it was, it was just an interesting choice, I remember. And I hadn't planned on doing that until it happened because I was thinking Lance has no investment of what's going on right now. He doesn't want to die. And so he's just going to hide. And if it got, like, pretty serious, me as a player could step in and find a way to be like, okay, how can I motivate Lance to get involved in this? If it was like, oh, Fleeble's about to go unconscious. It's like, ooh, I got to get involved somehow. Um, but seeing just how... And let's let's be honest, everyone was surprised how crazy Ned's character went from like zero to a hundred <laughs> real fast in battle and, and wiped a lot of them out. Um, it was just such an interesting thing to bring to to this character was to have a lot of flaws, a lot of things that make him apprehensive because I've played for mo the most part, every time I've played D&D, I have played a character that's very um, very upfront, meaning, like they're jumping into every conversation. They're jumping into every fight. They're always getting involved. They're always, you know, being the typical like, oh, the battle's begun. Let's go. Or, okay, we got to fight and we got to do this. And except for that one example, which was hilarious from the from the first time I can't, I had a campaign in D&D. &D. But it, it was just uh, I wanted to bring a character that started off so rough as a person and this is kind of like a oh it's a, it's a rough stone rolling it, it he is crafting himself as he goes and he definitely is going to take some hits and and he's going to realize there's a lot of a lot of flaws to this to this diamond that he's trying that hopefully he can become but but it's fun to find that along the way 
Yeah, so um, just our, because we're pretty much out of time here, just with your uh, the last question here, um, I know that we've recorded just a few episodes past uh, episode 15 here, so we know a little bit of what happens directly um, in the next few episodes, us as the players, uh, but w- what do you think are the situations that would have to happen, or what do you think are going to what what is going to refine Lance Thalen, right? Because you say like he's a Rolling Stone, he's continually being refined. Like what what are the things that are going to refine him or cause him to uh, evaluate? You know, or that does that make sense? My question. Yeah, I think I think that the thing that's going to 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 polish that kind of rough edge for him is staying with the group, which obviously would be pretty lame if I was like, nope. I'm going and then it's out of the no I, I don't want to do that at all <laughs> peace. Um, but yeah peace I'm out um, but I as as probably I'm hoping some of the audience has started to catch on and future episodes might lead more into this later that the longer he's staying with these people the more he's he's starting to care about them and the more he's realizing that he can't just take selfish actions all the time um, and well I think he even says you uh, uh, when there's that big confrontation with Fleeple, uh, making a choice that Lance did not like. I personally love Ned making that choice to go fight the dragon outside the keep, uh, the dragon person outside the keep, but Lance was not okay with that choice at all. And Lance, I think, says specifically somewhere in the next episode that he's starting to care about them and he can't do that again. And, and that kind of leads to a little bit of his backstory and how we're going to learn more of that, but it, the longer he stays with this group, the more I think we'll see him start, those rough edges start to be hacked away little by little because he is starting to care about these people. He's starting to care about Fleeple. He wouldn't be talking to Fleeple about his faith if he didn't care about him. He, he wants to, to, to help this guy who, who seems to be on a path. Uh, and Malamara seems to have a lot going on with her. And, <laughs> and yeah, she's got a lot of, got a lot of issues. But she she has always been there to defend them, even insulting Lance every step along the way. She's always stepping up and defending them. And it seems like True. he's he's seeing that more and more and realizing that it's not just her aggression, it's her caring. And he's starting to to give that care back to them. And I, I think that's Amazing. that's what's going to happen. It's it's the it's the it's not where we end up. It's the relationships we make along the way. And I, <laughs> I think that's for Lance. <laughs> Perhaps the polishing were the friends we made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) And with that terrible segue and joke, I think we're going to wrap up this meet and gig with Jacob. (laughs) Because I don't think we could end on a higher note than that. (laughs) We're all the way up. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jacob, thanks for letting me turn the table so to speak and interview you and uh maybe on a future episode whether it be meet your geek or some new segments we might have coming out in october we'll find out a little bit more about that scarf that lance thalen's wearing you know it's just i i'll I'll give it away right now he found a really good deal at uh kohl's and he just he just can't he just can't forgive himself for for spending that much money even though he thought it was a good deal I thought you were going to say Forever 21, yeah. which would make more sense. You know, he went he went out on a limb, and it didn't work out, but he's too stubborn to let it go. <laughs> he's like, I didn't keep the receipt. 
Dang it, I gotta use this till it disintegrates off my body. Well, Jacob, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, our special bonus episode, Meet and Geek. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking about characters and Dungeons and & Dragons and, and why we are playing this game and how much we love it. Wherever you get your podcast from, please leave us a review. It really helps boost our ratings on the podcast service. We want to get the word out there uh, to show in other people's recommended fees, and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. So if you want to write something a little longer than just a review, please write the review, but then you could also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we're really hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. Well, not to mention uh, email. We've had a couple people reach out to us through Instagram as we well. Have. And, yes. Uh, so if you want to reach out on social media. Yeah, it's been so satisfying to hear for just people's responses, to get that encouragement, because as a creator, it's just nice to get encouragement from time to time, to know that people are liking what you're doing. So yeah, it, it's just super nice to be able to hear that people are enjoying the story. Now, if you want to get the most recent update on content and obviously comment to us and we can maybe give you a shout out, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insight from the players in DM, funny memes that relate to our content, and some behind-the-scenes shots, like Thomas's red wine robe, of our <laughs> interesting, fun world that we bring here. Just want to give a quick shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as the game master and runs a mini one-month adventure using the fate-accelerated tabletop system. This month especially, you want to check that out because we have another iCast Fireball cast member hopping over there, giving a good voice to a character. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh-oh. Check it out. Uh-oh. Go check it out, and you'll hear a couple of familiar voices over there. Whether you like tabletop games, improvisation, or hearing more from Ned, again, go take a listen to Improv Tabletop. Lastly, please like and subscribe and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers this podcast. Until next time, I'm Jacob, the host of our Meet and Geek, and we've got Thomas, the DM. Thank you, Thomas, so much. Let's keep the fire going, everyone, and we'll see you next time. 